Hi, mijn naam is Louis Wittig en ik ben een van de pastors bij deze kerk. Welkom bij deze podcast. Ik wil je ook welkom heten bij onze kerk. Elke keer als je in de buurt bent, namelijk in de regio Amsterdam of Almere, ga dan online en zoek op yourc3.church. En wij hebben mensen die op je wachten om je welkom te heten. Je kan daar de tijden vinden van een van de diensten in deze regio. Ik kijk ernaar uit om je te ontmoeten. Hey C3 Amsterdam en Almere, what a pleasure it is to be talking to you. I mean, you're what coming into sunny summer right now. We're here just going into winter, so more props to you guys. I I love Amsterdam in the summer, but I tell you, I also love Pastor Steve and Lizby Warren, two of my most favorite people in all the world. We love you guys. You're doing such a magnificent job there. I hear you're in a series called Out of Egypt. Now, that sounds pretty good to me. That sounds like freedom. That sounds like chains are being broken. But I also understand you, you're in a three-part series and you're going to be traveling through the wilderness. And we're talking about provision. I mean, what happens when you're in a wilderness? There's no supermarkets. There's no schools. There's no, like, you can't, you can't get provided for or go down and buy a car or anything. It's just a desert. Well, there's a God in heaven who is unlimited by natural resources. He is not limited by what we can see with our horizontal view. He, he can do anything. He can bring anything into our world. Let's not limit God in our thinking. Let's not say that because of this pandemic and this, this terrible financial crisis that's going to follow on the heels of all of this illness and the shutdown of cities and businesses, I mean, if we're going to believe the six o'clock news, we, we'd feel like dying. But I don't. My eyes are on the promises of God and on the word of God. It says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so I know that you're going to love this message and you're going to love this series. It's going to do you so much good in these times. God bless you. Can't wait to see you again soon. I've got to tell you, I'm really excited to be bringing this message to you because I believe it's a great message of hope. And in this series of Faith, Hope, Love, I am concentrating on that word hope a lot, knowing that God is the God of hope and that when you're in contact with him, you're in contact with a positive future. And so this scripture, Philippians 4:19, says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All through the Bible, you have this amazing history of God looking after his people. If God is anything, he is a provider. And he provides abundantly in such beautiful and magnificent ways. And, and often it was, when I say magnificent, it was miraculous, supernatural out of the ordinary provision. That's not the only way God provides. He also provides through us being diligent, disciplined, hardworking. But first, let's just go through the God factor in provision and remember some of the incredible things that he has done. In, when the Israelites were walking for 40 years through a desert, had no water supply, three million people. Where'd the water come from? God made sure that Moses had a miraculous supply of water coming out of rocks. 
And the, and the river was not small. It would have to be a big river for that many people. Some have estimated it would be eight foot wide by four foot deep, constantly flowing. So they would create a huge dam wherever they would, the camp would move to. And then they'd move on to another place and that water would flow out of the rocks again. Bread came every morning, fell from heaven, and it would be on the ground. Manna, they called it. The word manna means what is it? <laughs> because they didn't know what it was. They said, what is it? And so they called it that unusual. Uh, but it, it, for 40 years, that bread was every morning on the ground, except for the Sabbath. And there would be none then. So, uh, so some have said, oh, it can be naturally explained. But I'm not sure if it can be, because... For one day, it didn't happen, and it was the same day every week. Uh, you know, meat fell from the skies. The, the, the Israelites were saying, hey, I, I we're sick of this bread. We want some meat. So God says, I'll give you meat then. And they said, how could you provide meat in a wilderness? Well, it was the, the time of the birds flying south for winter. And so they're flying along, and this strong wind blows them all off course. They run out of steam over the desert, just where the Israelites are, fall out of the sky, and they're up to their knees in quail meat. They, 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 they couldn't eat it all. And so God can do anything. He can, he can just do anything. Nothing's impossible with God. All things are possible with Him. Uh, their clothes didn't wear out. Not great news for the ladies, but they're wearing the same thing over that 40-year period. But it, at least they had clothes, and the clothes didn't wear out. Their sandals didn't wear out. Uh, then you move on through Scripture. There's so many of these stories. There was, a, there was a prophet who prayed. His name was Elijah, one of the greatest prophets ever, brought fire out of heaven on Mount Carmel. But while there was a drought... God said to them, go down to this brook, brook called Cherith, and I've commanded ravens to feed you there. Raven, birds, flying in with meat in their mouth. Well, he's sitting there, got the table out, got the linen, the knife and fork, salt and pepper, barbecue sauce, whatever, sitting there, morning and evening. In comes the Raven Express. Got Uber thinks that they've started the Uber Eats thing. God was doing this years before. And these are ravens. Now, you and I both know that birds like that are selfish birds. They're not going to give their meat away to anybody. They're not about to share what they've got in their mouth. But he'd be sitting there, in comes the steak, in comes the cheesecake, in comes the probably stolen from the Philistines' ovens and, and dinner tables where there was no drought. But these birds bring it in. God can do anything. God can do anything. And, uh, and so the, the woman with a flask of oil, she had nothing left in her house. And she had sold everything because she owed somebody some money. Her husband had died. And he had left a big debt. And he was, he was, a, he was not just a Christian-like guy. He was a... A minister, and he had run up this big debt, and now he died, and his wife was left, and it was legit that the creditor could come and take the children and sell them as slaves to satisfy the debt. So she's desperate. So she runs to the prophet Elisha and says, "Could you please help me?" 
And he says, what have you got? She says, I, I got nothing. She's expecting something to come from the prophet. But he says, no, I need to know what you've got. And so she told him, I only got this silly little flask of oil. Well, he said, go borrow pots. Borrow them from everywhere. Empty ones. Empty vessels. Bring them into your house and start pouring. So she started pouring out of that flask. And when she poured out of what she had, it just didn't stop. It's a bit like God. As God keeps pouring into our lives, we're not accessing a limited resource. God is unlimited. God has no limits. Zero limits. He's God. And he has an eternal supply of whatever it is we need. And he can bring it to earth when we just are prepared to step out in faith. Jesus provides wine at a wedding. <laughs> That's a, you know, it's an unusual way to start your ministry. The first miracle you do, you think it'll be a healing or a raise somebody from the dead, but it's bring some wine at a wedding for his mother's concern for the, for the host. And you know, this is, this is a really amazing story for me in, in the sense that number one, he provides wine at a wedding when they've run out. Okay. And he provides 180 gallons of wine. When you add up the numbers there, it's 180 gallons. What are you going to do with that much wine at the start of a wedding feast? This was the end of a wedding feast. And it wasn't just ordinary throwaway wine. It was the best. It was the best wine that the master of ceremonies had ever tasted. And he said, so, so the bridegroom brings it to him to test because that was the, the, the courteous thing you did. And he, he, he said, wow, you're different to all the other guys. Normally, they bring out the best wine first and then bring out the, the bad wine when everybody can't, can't tell the difference. And Jesus just left it at that. And I thought, this is amazing because the guy is a cheapskate. The bridegroom was too cheap to buy enough wine for the entire feast. He ran out. He, he, they didn't have enough. But then Jesus solves the problem for him, saves him the embarrassment, and it actually enhances his, the image of this guy. And, and he doesn't say, no, 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 he didn't do that. I did that. Jesus just leaves it like that. And that's what he does for every one of us. He, he does things for us that help us appear better than we are, that make us feel like we are better than we are. And helps us do things better than we could. He gives us gifts and callings and abilities to be better than we are. The best version of ourselves is discovered in Jesus. And so he provided bread and fish twice for vast multitudes of people. He provided money for his disciples to pay tax. He provided a fisherman who was not doing well. His business was a disaster. It was, he, he he'd worked hard all night and caught nothing. So he was going empty-handed to the fish markets. But then Jesus got involved and said, throw your net over that side. And so he did. And he got, an, he got a catch that split the net. And when they filled the boat, it started to sink. So they had to call another. The biggest catch he had ever had in his life came once he invited Jesus into his business, into his finances, into his world, where he had failed and finally Christ comes in. That's, that is what Jesus Christ is to us. Some people think of, of Jesus as this miserly, withholding killjoy. No. He, he provided abundance. He didn't just provide. He provided abundance. 
wherever he went. And I believe that in this time when we are seeing so many businesses have been shut down, uh, put off staff, you may have lost your job, uh, you, you may be facing terrible, terrible circumstances. And that's why I was encouraged to share this, this message because no matter what you're going through, it's not too hard for God. It's not bigger than His ability. It's not impossible for Him to come into your world and supply all your need, just like we re- spoke in that scripture. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If God is anything, He is Jehovah Jireh, the provider of an abundance in our lives. And I would say that it's the money issue sometimes even more so than the the medical issues, the the virus issue that we're facing, the the finance issues that people are going to be facing in this time are going to be a leading cause of deep anxiety and anger, angst and fretting. Uh, And so I pray that you, you bring Christ into your life to help you with your finances and believe with me. I'm going to believe with you that we'll all get through this because Christ is with us in the boat. We've invited him in and he is that provider. Uh, we have, we've lived in an age where the average Australian spends 35% more than they earn. So that's inevitably going to be a problem. That's over 80% of us in Australia. And so right now we, we are learning new ways. And I wanted to talk a bit about that because there is another scripture in Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, which says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. So this is saying, remember God, because it is He who gives you power to get wealth. It does not say it is He who gives you wealth. It just doesn't come into our lives without us getting involved. We get involved in the process. He gives us the power, though. If we make the decision to access that power, we will find ourselves with an ability to generate income that is equal to our needs and even more so than that, so that we have an abundance to give to other people. This power activates when we get active. Whenever Jesus healed the sick or did anything, he told people to go and do something. Told the fishermen, go out and let down your nets. He told when he wanted the temple tax, he said, go catch a fish. You're going to find the tax is in its mouth. And so always there is this miraculous element happening when people start to do something rather than sitting down in deep discouragement and despair. He just encouraged them, rise up and start to do something. And you're going to find that you will reduce your debts. You might be thinking your debts are too big to even begin to worry about them. You know, you move a mountain one stone at a time. And you'll be surprised that if you just keep regularly moving one stone at a time, rather than spending that chunk of money on something that's temporal or just something that's just going to go away, something that's frivolous, take it and stick it on your debt. And you'll find that as you do that on a regular basis, the, it's the tortoise and the hare, it's, it's the David and Goliath, it's, it's all of those just little by little taking your steps. 
you're going to find that when you do your little thing, cast that stone against the giant, as you just keep steadily plodding along, you will find you'll actually defeat that thing. And the sense of victory will be yours. I mean, two areas that are like this are, are very similar and require the same kind of discipline. Losing weight, making money. Oh. But both, both require discipline. It's easy to put on extra weight, so hard to put it off, to get it off. It's, it's, it's easy to lose money, to spend money, more difficult to actually make it. So when we put disciplines on these two areas of our lives, on, and we're talking about finances here, uh, you've got to understand that it, it's going to take several issues for us to address in our character sometimes. Uh, it's, it's going to take diligence regularly applying ourselves to a constant habit of discipline that will achieve the desired results. It's not just random, occasional efforts at the thing. We actually have to be consistent and constant at making, making a difference to our financial status and to our provision status. A guy called James Moffat once said, a man's treatment of money is the most decisive test of his character, how he makes it and how he spends it. Money's powerful. It needs strong management. Jesus, when he came, he, he, one of the things he said, I, I'm announcing the year of Jubilee. I'm anointed to bring the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee was when everyone was released from their debts in the nation of Israel every 50 years. It was like a new chance at life, once a lifetime. So I just want to give you quickly in closing four keys to creating a healthy financial lifestyle where provision will be not just meeting your needs, but abundant in your life. Number one, commit to it. Find the switch of decision and say, I am determined to make this happen. Once you get determined, once you get a commitment in yourself, it will shape and modify the way you live, what you spend on, what you don't spend on. I know young couples uh, in our congregation who have committed themselves to live on a shoestring budget. And that is not to exceed spending more than $2 per meal. <laughs> wow. And they said, we can make coffee at home. We don't need to spend six bucks, you know, out there and uh, somewhere else every day of the week. And we don't need to have this subscription and that subscription and that subscription to things online or on television. There's so many things we think we need, but actually maybe we don't. And so some disciplines, I'm not saying live in a completely ascetic lifestyle where we don't enjoy life at all, but I'm saying if we can combine generosity and hard work and frugality together, that's a recipe for seeing provision in our lives. God gives us power to create wealth and that will be a, have a cumulative effect. It will accumulate in our world and exponentially you're just going to find yourself soaring out of whatever debt has buried you in the past. Make the commitment. Get determined. The second one is discipline. Make sure you've got that habit happening in your life every day. A decision must be followed by dis discipline. The world lies at the feet of a disciplined person. No dream comes to pass without discipline to actually see it come into fruition. Your dreams will happen because you're disciplined towards making them happen. No Olympic medalist has won a, a gold medal because they just practiced whenever they wanted to. They were up at four in the morning, swimming those lengths, running the beach, doing the triathlons. We, we win in life 
when we make a decision that's followed through with discipline. And you are that person. You definitely are a winner. I know because you, right at conception, you won that race, that original race, and you are born in the image of God. You are created in the image of God, and he rose from the dead. Nothing could keep him down. So I know I'm speaking to a winner here today. And number three, uh, live by budgets. Set a budget and then live by that. Don't, don't change it. And that will force you to negotiate a better price on something or to keep searching until you find something that's within that bracket. So if you're going to buy a car, put a number on how much you're going to spend, bike, how much you're going to spend, whatever it is. And then if you find something that's going to cost you twice that, don't, don't splash out. Keep looking. Keep trying. Now, I, I believe that if you can actually live by budgets, that's the holy grail of financial health. Uh, because then you're going to find yourself developing character instead of wasting money. And you develop abilities and, and negotiating skills. And you develop all these areas. And remember that scripture, it is God who gives you power to get wealth. And I am uh, believing that we will emerge from this virus situation all around the planet better than we went into it. And I know that you will. I know that the power of God is going to help you. And so right now, as we come to come to an end and we remember that particular miracle that I spoke of earlier on, where Elisha told the woman to start pouring out what she had was a little flask of oil. And I'm amazed at how many people have talent in their life, but have never actually used it. And the trouble with us is that we think our talent is less than anybody else's. We wish we had that one, not our one. We wish that we were like them, not like us. Uh, look what they've done. But the f funny thing is, when we bury it, we find ourselves frustrated because there's something deep within us that we know we can do. We can write a book. We can read a book. We can create a podcast. We could, we could do sound recording. I mean, it's just... I can guarantee you there's something in every one of our lives I know in my life there are times when I felt exactly what I'm talking about. And you, bury, you tend to bury your talent. I'm going to ask you to dig it up today. Dig up that gift. Dig up that talent. You've got a songwriting skill. You, got, you write poetry. You, you paint pictures. You do inventions. You, you, you create little movies. You, you, whatever you, you do. You, you, you're good with gardens. I'm not good with gardens. Every, plants cry when I buy them and take them home. They, they know they're going to plant heaven. It's like, it's, they just won't live for a while. For, you know, they'll live for a little while and that's it. The, the point is, you and I all are gifted in some areas and not in others, but we should identify that here today and know what God has given us in our lives that empowers us to generate income. Let me pray for you today that you would receive into your life Christ and his gifting and his power. And if you've buried your gift, please make the commitment to dig it up again. If you've never received Jesus, pray this prayer with me uh, right now. And, and if you're coming back to Christ, please also, and if you're wanting to make sure you're going to heaven, let's just pray this together. It's a short prayer. Uh, if you're in a situation where it's a little awkward, that's okay. Just say it under your breath and think the prayer to God. But I want you to look to him. Because he can supernaturally get involved in your life and supply all your need 
according to his riches in glory. Let's pray this prayer. Dear God in heaven, I ask Jesus Christ to come into my life. I ask to be born again. Cleanse me from all sin. Make me your child. Help me follow you. Thank you, God, for saving me. Amen. Bedankt voor het luisteren naar deze podcast. Ik wil graag nog een paar momenten van je tijd nemen. Want misschien realiseer je je vandaag wel dat je je relatie met Jezus in orde moet maken. Misschien heb je hem nooit eerder in je leven uitgenodigd. Of misschien ben je om een bepaalde reden van hem weggegaan. En vandaag wil ik je graag uitnodigen om bij hem terug te komen. Of misschien weet je wel niet zeker of je naar de hemel gaat. Ik zou je nu graag in een gebed willen leiden en dat je dit gebed met mij opzegt. Lieve God, ik dank je voor Jezus. Ik dank u dat u voor mij gestorven bent. Ik vraag u dat u mij vergeeft. Ik neem afstand van mijn verleden en ik geef u mijn leven. Kom in mijn leven. Ik dank u dat ik vandaag gered ben. In Jezus' naam. Amen. Als je dit gebed gebeden hebt, heeft de Heilige Geest vandaag iets gedaan in jouw leven. En het zou geweldig zijn als je ons hierover wil vertellen. Dus stuur ons een mail naar info.cdamsterdam.nl Laat ons weten dat je deze beslissing genomen hebt. En laat ook je adres achter. Want we willen graag een boekje sturen dat je zal helpen om deze beslissing te bekrachtigen en om een volger van Jezus te worden. We kunnen je ook helpen om geplant te worden in onze kerk dicht bij jou. God zegen je en tot snel.